Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. Welcome aboard our January 14th, 2023 edition of Tech Talk. Glad to have you along. We're live with you on Saturday morning. Sunday afternoon is preempted by live Seahawks football as they have a wild card game to try and get into the playoffs. But we'll have a podcast for you if you would normally listen to all or part of the show on Sunday. Joining me this weekend to help solve your technical challenges and go through the lots of tech news of the week, none other than... Gary Beyer, Tesseract 2.0 Computing. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, and thanks you for being here instead of, you know, another vacation. <laughs> hey, don't go there. Uh-huh. And behind the microphone once again. Hi, uh, Josh Hilton. I usually work during the week here at CFAX 1070. Glad to sit in on the on the weekends with you, Alan, uh, whenever Brian needs to be away. He has a pretty good excuse. Uh, he does have a really good excuse, If yeah. you go down to the very bottom of the show notes, so those of you that know where that is, I can see that hundreds, if not thousands of you already have, shownotes.com. CA typed into the address bar of your browser. Scroll all the way down to the bottom below the videos. Oh. Congratulations to Brian and Juna Pavlicic on the birth last Saturday of their baby boy. He weighed nine pounds three ounces. A, a beautiful nine pound three ounce excuse. Well done, guys. That's a, that's a good size baby. That's more than good size. Four point one seven kilos when he finally arrived after a marathon, two full days of full moon labor. I had forgotten about the full moon. Brian says it was just crazy at the maternity ward, but Brian, Juna, and their as-yet-unnamed baby are all doing well at home in James Bay after what Brian says was a physically and mentally exhausting birthing. That was awesome. I'm so ha- I am so happy for them. Congratulations. <laughs> Good job. I've got buttons. I can use them. I have texted uh, Brian to say, does baby have a name yet? They're busy no just getting over this. Yeah, I'm kind of happy that he's un- that he's unplugged. That, that is not one of the first priorities, to be honest with you, is the name. That, that, that can come in, in two days, yeah, in weeks, I'm sure months. Brian will have great stories to tell, but it sounded like it was, wow. So, so, Alan, anyway. I am going to interrupt you right now. Yeah. We're not being preempted tomorrow for the Seattle game. We're not? No, Seattle game today. Kickoff is at 4.30. Today? Okay, I will fix the show notes. 4.30 okay. Eastern, so Okay. So one thirty. Well, I will fix that. See, this is why I love making this a team effort there. Um, Lots of stuff to talk about in the show notes. There's some new variations on scams, a couple other things in there. But I thought we would do something a little different off the top because it's been making news all over the place. And this is item number 14 in the show notes. There's been a lot of news lately about the groundbreaking chat GPT. Yes. Advanced AI chatbot. I've had numerous people ask me about this. Uh, Everything from a lady who says, um, my son's school uh, is banning it. What should I do at home? And I'm thinking homework, that sort of thing. Right on up to people saying, can I actually use it to write articles for me? So there's a whole bunch of different factors on this, but let's start with the basic one, Josh, Mm. what it is. It's an advanced artificial intelligence chatbot which can interact you in a conversational way, like talking to a person, and can be used to quickly generate entire high-quality essays on any given topic, which are hard to distinguish from human-written content. Yeah, I know you uh, demoed it to me, I believe, about a week and a half ago Yeah, uh, at the store, and it, it blew me away. It's got to the point now that there's a new version out that's being used. You can try it out yourself. It can answer follow-up questions. It can admit its mistakes. It can challenge incorrect premises and reject inappropriate requests. So this is like another version. So if you chat with it and you mm-hmm. ask it a question which is patently false, sure, 
it will not give you an answer. It will challenge you. Hmm. It will say, I'm sorry, but that is factually incorrect. Blah, blah, blah. And give you, give Better you than answer. some politicians you run into. <laughs> um, Associated Press wrote a great article on what chat GPT is and why some schools are already banning its use. Mm-hmm. So that's linked in there at item number 14. You can try it for yourself. You just have to create a free account. No credit card, nothing mm-hmm. like that. They just want to see what it's being used for and by whom. Yeah. Because there's all sorts of things they haven't even thought of yet. Um, and so the link is chatgptonline.net. That's in the show notes. If you don't want to do that, but you want to see, I thought I would do this for you. So I just sat down at the computer. I did not give it a lot of thought. I wanted to see. I'll just do that. So, and I put it in. I put the results into the show note. So I said, write a 500-word essay on whether smartphones are good or bad for us. I thought I'd do something with a Tech Talk link. And I'll just read you the first paragraph. The entire 500-word essay... By the way, it came in at 517 words. It took about 10 seconds. Wow. You can see why the English teachers are uh, putting the kibosh on this for the kids, huh? Smartphones have become an integral part of our daily lives, connecting us to the world around us and providing us with a wealth of information and entertainment at our fingertips. While they have certainly brought many benefits to our lives, there are also concerns about the negative effects that smartphones can have on our physical, mental, and social well-being. That's paragraph one. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is pretty impressive, too. I went through looking, and I'm going, wow. Let's, yeah, I mean, if I was a teacher and a student sent this in, they'd get pretty good marks. They would. And, you know, this with technology and schools, you know where it really all started and how, how schools have been fighting technology? It started with the calculator. Yeah, remember when calculators Show were, your yeah, work. Yeah. You can't use a calculator because you need to show your work. Yeah. And it's been, it's been a struggle by schools to put the genie back in the bottle yeah. since that day. Yeah. So uh, You can read through this, though, and see that they're kind of leaning on some tropes, right? But you see they use the exact phrase, there are also concerns about the negative effects of smartphones can have on our mental, physical, and social well-being yeah. that is regurgitated like two or three more times yes, throughout is. the copy. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're really kind of leaning on some pre-known phrases yeah. that relate to what you're talking about. But so do some students when they're just trying to get 500 words out of one essay. Precisely. Well, so do some radio That's... hosts when they're trying to make it through the half hour. Exactly. I mean, I'll tell you. I mean, yeah. it, it, anyway. It's not something that can be just completely yeah. dismissed. I mean, it, it's used by humans alike. But yeah. but knowing that, it, it, it kind of kind of breaks through the sheen of this, this awesome well, thing. No, well, but... they're kind of doing a lot of, of what we do, frankly. Exactly. It's yeah. AI. I could have asked it for 1,000 words. I could have asked it for 840 words. I just arbitrarily picked yeah. that, hit the sure. button. And in 10 seconds, it's there. Oh, man, now I want to see what you can do. Like, give me a 100,000-word essay on the merits of salt and pepper and, and, and watch it yeah. go. So it I might al- laugh at you. <laughs> um, I also asked it um, to create, and I just, just made this up on the fly, create a haiku which includes the words Facebook and modem. And in about one and a half seconds, mm-hmm. Facebook friends near. Modem hums, connection strong, bridging distance far. Well done. Pretty darn good. Well done, you, computer bot. And you can click a button to regenerate it. Um, to give me, okay, nice, but give me a different one, and it will do it like that, whether it's an essay or a thing. So I encourage you, just so you're... Play with it. Yeah, the whole thing, um, uh, the whole idea of this program is sort of keep you abreast of, of technology that's out there so i thought i'd try that now so that's sort of all over the news schools universities banning it right left front and center so along comes a student uh at princeton who creates gpt zero it's an app which 
he built to combat AI-based plagiarism. So you copy the text for, that the student submitted, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you tap it in, and it takes about 30 seconds, and it analyzes it and gives you a percentage factor whether or not it's likely to have been generated by an AI <laughs> chatbot. And it gives you the reasons why mm -hmm. it says it. it uh, I forget the different phrases. Anyway, I ran this text through, and it said 92% factor AI generated. Not bad. Wow. <laughs> so you've already got the two parts of it. Mm -hmm. Now, add to that, Microsoft is in talks to invest $10 billion U.S. to make the chat GPT engine even better. Yep. Okay, but it keeps going. So that more <laughs> on that, item 16. The next time you're on your favorite news site, you might want to double-check the byline to see if it was written by an actual human. I wonder what your late dad, Hubert Beyer, would think of this. Well, I can dig up a lot of his columns and run it through that. Because CNET, which is a very massively popular tech news outlet, mm -hmm. well, guess what? They've been using it. They've been quietly using AI to generate articles seemingly starting around November of last year. It is in the byline, mm -hmm. and it's normally explainers yeah. explaining Bitcoin mm -hmm. or explaining yeah. cryptocurrency, things like that, which would take you and me forever to do. Oh, exactly. And people would pick it apart anyway. So, But there, I, there's the start, okay? So it's not me. just schools. Watch me struggle to be excited about the self-checkout kiosk of the newsroom. I, 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 we yeah. are beleaguered enough to keep our folks employed mm -hmm. without computers coming for us. Yeah. I, 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 it, mm, I was okay with it when it was the grocery store and at the fast food restaurant. I, I don't want them actually replacing actual mm -hmm. you know, qualified professionals. Yeah. That, 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 oh, it, it. Sorry if it seems like it's rubbing me the wrong way, but it absolutely is. It's got a lot of potential, but it's got a lot of risks. But m imagine that you are on the air weekday afternoons producing mm -hmm. for Ryan sure. Price. Yep. Some new topic hits the news wires. Mm -hmm. And Ryan looks at you and goes, I don't know much about this. Mm -hmm. You could go to ChatGPT, type in, write me 300 words explaining so-and-so, and bam, give it to Ryan, and he can read it and sound like he's brilliant. Would you trust that? Well, would you read cold what that computer just put on that page for you, sir? Based on what I've seen so far, yeah. Wow, yeah. wow, that's absolutely. That, <laughs> and you know what the difference is? I would be apprehensive Josh, at least. Josh, yes. the difference is news, newsrooms and even the TC here used to have hundreds of people working in them. Yeah. Oh, sure. Where, where there was an expert on something at all times who could churn out three hundred words within about ten minutes. Sure. They're not there anymore. Mm -hmm. So now we've got a, a Times colonist, I think, that has seven people working there yeah. now. They're going to need the help to stay open, and that's going to be AI. Yep. And, but now back to what I said at the beginning when yeah. we started talking about ChatGPT: the fact that the new version can answer follow-up questions, admit its mistakes, challenge incorrect premises, and reject inappropriate requests. So if you were to put something, and I'm going to be controversial, if you yeah. were to put something in there like, write me 500 words on why COVID vaccines are bad for me. Yeah, sure. It's yeah. going to challenge that. It will. It's going to challenge that. It's not going to do it. It's mm. going to, so that's the so yeah. I anyway. I just this has become in the space of a couple of weeks. It's become mm -hmm. a really it's big exploded. deal, affecting all sorts of facets of yeah. our life. And I'll give you one more last example before we move on. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, who <laughs> is always looking ahead. I love. He does such brilliant creative he stuff. Does. So there's an there's an ad. He owns Mint Mobile. 
he's put an he's put an ad up on YouTube. The ad involves him making an ad using Chat GPT. Josh, I'll get you to play the entire ad. Listen carefully. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. Uh, you know we're always looking for ways to save you money. So this year. We're kicking things off with an ad that I created using Chat GPT, the AI technology. This is what I asked it to write. I, I said, I said, write a commercial for Mint Mobile in the voice of Ryan Reynolds. Use a joke, a curse word, and let people know that Mint's holiday promo is still going, even after the big wireless companies have ended theirs. This is what it wrote. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds here. Here he First of all, let me just say Mint Mobile is the. <laughs> but here's the thing. All the big wireless companies out there are ending their holiday promos, but not Mint Mobile. We're keeping the party going because we're just that damn good. Give Mint Mobile a try. And hey, as an added bonus, if you sign up now, you'll get to hear my voice every time you call customer service. Just kidding, that's that's not really a thing. And stay classy, everyone. That is mildly terrifying, but compelling. It's <laughs> brilliant. It wrote that ad. Yeah. Okay. I- it's weird, though, because if you were to hear that and not know the setup where it was an AI bot that had written the thing, you would think, yeah, those are words out yep. of Ryan Reynolds' head. You bet. Yeah. Thank you for beeping one of them. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. Ah, I wasn't too worried about the other one. I know. There we go. <laughs> and one final check on this topic. Last week, we did the demo of uh, Apple audiobooks. Oh, yes. Being That's written right. by narrators, which they never made a big deal of, other than that it was in the title when you went to look at mm-hmm. it. Sure. The world went nuts. The book, the book writing world... Uh, book reading world went nuts. So Apple says, hey, the reason we're using AI to narrate audiobooks is not to get rid of human narrators, but to increase the percentage of books that are available as audiobooks. Only a fraction of books are available as audiobooks because most authors, and especially small publishers, can't afford the high cost of a human narrator. You're going to make more money if people buy the audiobook, we've now got the technology yep. to allow you to have an audiobook of your book. Mm-hmm. Your choice. Pay for a human narrator, pay way less to have an AI yep. version out there. So, anyway, that I just I, I throw it out there for you to be aware. So, if you come away from the, this the, show. The most interesting thing I find about all this, and Josh is saying, you know, we're using AI as checkouts, we're doing all of this. Mm-hmm. Technology, as the fear mongering has always been, technology will replace the human worker. And yet, the countries that are using technology in the workplace have some of the lowest unemployment rates ever Mm -hmm. in the world. Because the human worker can now do more meaningful things that pay him or her more, and the menial tasks that the human workers don't want to do, or frankly are dangerous or really repetitive and hard on them, Mm -hmm. can now be done. Again, there needs to be check and balances. Yes. Sure, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not opposed to self checkouts, yeah. nor yeah. am I opposed to the kiosk at the fast food restaurant. Yeah. And I almost take umbrage to the fact that you're calling it fear mongering, Mr. Buyer. <laughs> but I'll move on from that. Um, but but that said, if a well thought out corporation and it's a higher uh, the, the the head mm-hmm. office doesn't think it through and say, hey, this isn't just a way to save labor dollars. Yeah. This is a way to reallocate the staff that we have to do things that are more mm-hmm. consequential than yeah. tidying up the dining room every twenty minutes uh, yeah. or, or you know taking the order. And, yeah, they can yeah. do other things that the computer can't do. Th- yeah. That 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 makes a lot of sense to yeah. me, but it's when it's become well, you know, if I just put this computer here, I can fire twenty people. Yeah. That is 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 too much for yeah. me. You know, with self checkout, the only thing I don't like is I'm doing the job and I'm not being paid for it. Well, I was thinking I was thinking this through last Aren't night. Aren't you though? 
I mean, I mean, they haven't lowered my, they haven't lowered my price. Are you sure? Uh, no, Actually, I, I, I am sure. Flip that okay. on its head, Let's sir. Let's not go into okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give you one last thought. I was thinking late last night as I was writing these notes, and I thought, okay, so imagine that it pops up on my smartphone that person X has died, and I know that they're of significance, but I don't know them that well. So in the major newsrooms of the world, the networks, they will have presumably an obituary prepared. Quite likely, yeah. But I can now use chat GPT and say, write me a 500-word obituary on XXX. <clears throat> and I've got it in about 10 seconds, and I'm on the air before yep. I wait for the newsrooms. And well, the yeah, it used to, be, yeah. used to be uh, Reuters, Thompson, it used to be like, coming yep. over the... Uh, yeah. It may telling. be somebody that they haven't prepared an obit for because they're not that significant. Anyway, yeah. got to take a break. There we go. Thank you. So... Our soapbox is away. I just <laughs> want to throw that out there. I just want you to be aware of what it is so you can decide for yourself whether you want to use it or whether it's good or bad. Or you can at least ponder this. On that note, Saturday morning we are live. Sunday afternoon is a rebroadcast. Now that we're going to have one, I will update the notes. 250-386-1161 on a home phone. Star 1070 on a mobile phone. 1070-10 by text. We'd love any questions, anything we can help you with. Emails go to tech. Talk, T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K, at cfax1070.com. Twenty-five after the hour on Tech Talk, hour number one for January 14th. Text here saying, hi guys, I was about to register for that AI site, and it needs my phone number. Is this an issue to provide it? No, you can use a phone number or an email address, but they are going to text or email you a code to prove, ironically, you are not a bot. There you go. Okay, so again, yeah, there's no, they just want to know who's using it, what it's being, what it's being used for, but nope, they're not data mining you, they're not selling your information. This is an open AI project out of San Francisco, which has got funding, and now Microsoft is considering investing in it to advance it there as well. Okay, you've got a couple emails there. Uh, yeah. Hi, Alan. Your show note number two says to click on the not now or later button in the pop-up. Surely people should use the control shift escape for Windows and delete the pop-up or browser window as you have previously suggested. First off, two different types of pop-ups. Okay, let's yeah, let's talk what we're talking about. This has become a big deal in the last few weeks. Again, drives me crazy. The weasels keep finding new ways to mm-hmm. to scam you. If you're surfing the web on a computer, Windows or Mac, and you get a pop-up, and I've given you a couple examples in the show notes. Yep. We'd like to show you notifications for the latest news and updates. That's from iPhone in Canada. And it gives you a yes or allow. The Hill says, subscribe to our notifications for the latest news and updates. You can disable any time. And it gives you later or subscribe. Do not do the affirmative one, the yep. allow or the subscribe. Oh, and here's why. Many websites rent out that notification option to advertisers, and some of the advertisers are scammers who use the feature to push out pop-ups notifying you of fake security problems or other scams. How many times a day at Tesseract do you get a call from somebody saying, I've got this pop-up, but my McAfee has expired? Yeah, that's, that's actually not a pop-up like you're used to that is going yeah. to try and take your money, but it's going to. Yeah, uh, that's this a is just, notification. That's right. It's a notification as opposed to scamware. Uh, well, it is scam, it but is. it's a notification that they're hoping you'll click on. They exactly. have rented out the notification service yep. from the Hill Global News, uh, and and they're not, you know, these yeah. are reputable so on those news ones, sites. On those ones, you should just say no. The control uh, control shift escape isn't really going to do much for you in no. this one because it's your it's not your browser. Yeah, if you click the read more button on one of these 
pop-ups, and I use the word pop-up loosely, you'll be taken to a fake website where yep. you'll be encouraged to either give them your credit card info for a fake and pricey antivirus subscription or to call a toll-free number that connects you to an overseas call center where they'll pitch any one of a variety of scams. So please encourage you to do this. Go to the settings for your browser, and this is in the show notes. Uh, at item number two, the pretty pictures are there. Go to the settings for your browser, search for notifications, and change the setting for each website where you've allowed notifications. Change it back to block. Yep. And then suggest you change the default setting for notifications going forward from ask to block. to block. I originally just said change it from ask to block. But if you'd said yes to specific websites, that was for the future. That's right. The weasels were still doing this. Because I got, this past week, I must have got, Josh, about 15 texts and emails mm-hmm. saying, I don't have Norton on my computer. How am I getting this? Yes. And I say, is it in the bottom right corner? And they went, yep. Notifications. And I said, okay, that's where it is. So, Steve, that's why not Control-Shift-Escape. It's not a traditional pop-up. It's a notification from the computer, so that's why we do that. When we come back after the news, we'll update you on what's happening with the Shaw Rogers situation. Also, end of life for Windows 8.1 and new Microsoft 365 Basic. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. Along with Gary Beyer from Tesseract Computers and Josh Sheldon behind the scenes, helping us make all make sense of all this. And Colin is on the phone lines. Hi, Colin. Welcome to the program. Hi, Alan. Thank you very much for taking my call. Our pleasure. How can we help? Well, this is definitely out of my league because it's not a Windows, um, a Mac question. So, see, this is exactly the opposite. Role reversal here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I have a relative in Prince George who called me about this. He has an HP Pavilion 23. It's running Windows 10. Tells me it's on version 21H2. Says it does need an update. Also says it cannot upgrade to Windows 11. Okay, so a couple of things there. So HP 23, Gary, is... Uh, HP 23 is, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, basically just a 23-inch all-in-one. Nice machine. Uh, They were in their time, yes. Um, If it... If it cannot upgrade to Windows 11, it's we know it's now less than an eighth gen. Yeah, so it can be just not easily, not, not the way anybody yeah. likes. Now back to the f- other thing you mentioned, Colin. You said it's on 21H2 currently. That's what yeah. I have written down yeah. here. So yeah. what that means is 2021 second half. Yeah. So since then it's we a, now it's have it's a year behind. Yeah. So 22H. Two is the current one, 22, okay. 2020, second half. And that should be a button there that says download and install. That's Correct. an easy that, peasy that, process. That's where things go sideways. Okay, so when it every, goes every sideways. Time does, every time he does that, it is going into something called airplane mode, which I find strange because I thought that was for phones only. No, they, uh, they also have that for computers that are on Wi-Fi. If you want to, oh, mm-hmm. if you want to cut them off from the internet via Wi-Fi, then you can go to a plane mode. Normally, it says some. Okay. Some will say airplane yeah. mode. It'll be down at the bottom. If you click on the notification button in the very bottom right corner of the screen, a bunch of little boxes will pop up from the bottom. And if the computer's on Wi-Fi, one of them will be plane mode with a mm-hmm. plane icon. Now, the only way around that is if, if the computer is having a little conniption. The only way around that, and the HP twenty-three does have a LAN port. So just hardwire it to the internet. They can run a, uh, a network cable to their modem, hardwire it, and see if that fixes the problem. 
Oh, but I think I know why you're having the problem of just walking through in my head or your friend in Prince George having the problem, Colin. There's yeah. a setting inside the network settings when you're on Wi-Fi, and he or she may have accidentally said that this is a metered connection. Mm-hmm. So when it looks at the size of the update, it goes, oh, my God, this is going to cost him a fortune yep. if he's paying for his wireless data. So it kicks it into airplane mode to block that. That may be the case. So go into network settings on the Wi-Fi and see if it says treat this like a metered connection, in which case uncheck that box and it should run just yeah. fine. But Gary's right. Aside from that, when you're doing big updates, Hard and this wire. is a sizable one, go plug it into a cable right next to the modem. It'll be faster and smoother anyway. The 22H2 update does not make any appearance changes to the computer, but most people find it noticeably snappier afterwards, yes. as well as safer. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. And in terms of Windows 11, it just means that Microsoft is continuing to be stubborn about this. If you wanted Windows 11 on it, we would do it as a clean install with a little BIOS tweak to override Microsoft's stubbornness, and it's fine. You've put it on, Gary, going back as far as... Um, Second-gen Core i5s? Yeah. Yeah. It's just Microsoft being stubborn. So very, very good question you asked, Colin. So for anybody else, that's what you should be on. Windows 10 22H2. It's the only update that does not install itself because it could, on an older machine, not take a while. Yeah, it can take 10 or 15 minutes, and they don't want to interrupt you if you have some homework or like a Zoom call coming up, so they make you trigger it. There you go, Colin. Perfect. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Pleasure. Great help. Thanks. Bye bye. Ah, I'm I'm being a mind reader now. I had texted Ricky to say I have a client who wants to get um, a PS5 for a birthday present. Are there any in stock? I'm guessing the answer is no. Ricky has called in. Hi, Ricky. How you doing? Hey, Alan. How's it going? Great, thanks. Am I a mind reader? Do you have that answer for me? I just might. I've got two of the regular PS5s in stock right now. So the ones for 650 they take a disc in them. I have none of the digital ones. And then this morning, I also got in three of the God of War editions. So that's the PlayStation with the God of War. They're 729 Awesome. But you have them physically. Yeah. Uh, five as of talking to you this moment. Awesome. And which stores? Uh, Tilikum for sure, because obviously I'm sitting here, but let me check. Awesome. There uh, you go. Thank you. Hallwood shows four. Did the truck just arrive this morning? Because normally those are like hard as hen's teeth to get a hold of. Yep, they arrived this morning, and that's why I thought about you. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm honored. There you go. Yeah, no worries. Alrighty, so um, so call what yeah, has four. Four ones, not so much, but yeah. um, the base models seem to be pretty much everywhere. And then I've got both at my store right now. Awesome. So Tilikum has a couple, and then uh, call what? What about Yates Street? Because people will ask. Yates is showing one, so mm. I would be very cautious about flooding uh, them. Unless you are a couple blocks away, Fire you right. don't want to walk over. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Ricky. Good to hear from you. Yeah, no worries. Alrighty, take care. Love to see you guys. Thanks. Talk yep. later. Bye. Bye. There you go. Ricky Winter, he's the tech experience manager. There you go. I'm happy to report that I was uh, being overly pessimistic uh, on that one there. So there you go. Okay. Um, A federal court of Canada hearing has been set for January 24th, so 10 days from now, on an application from Canada's Competition Commission for an injunction to block the competition tribunal's approval of the buyout or Rogers by Shaw. Rogers and Shaw have been given until this coming Tuesday to file written responses to the commissioner's grounds for appeal. If the court rejects the appeal, 
brackets. Allen thinks they will reject. The proposed $28 billion buyout would then go to the desk of Federal Minister of Innovation, Science and Industry, Mr. Champagne, for approval. That's where we sit on that one. The Industry and Tech Committee in the House of Commons, meanwhile, reportedly getting set to hold a second public hearing into Rogers' buyout of Shaw later this month, but it doesn't matter. Their recommendations are non-binding. For you and me, here comes the answers to the two key questions. I know a lot of you have texted, emailed, and phoned. If the Rogers buyout of Shaw is approved, Shaw Mobile customers will become Rogers Mobile customers and almost immediately will be switched onto the Rogers 5G, 4G network, Josh, which is faster and has much better coverage. So overnight, that's a good deal. Freedom Mobile customers will become customers of Fizz, which is the brand name of Videotron, headquartered in Quebec, and will also be shifted onto the faster and more robust Rogers 5G, 4G network for up to 10 years to give Videotron time to build its own national 5G network and become the number four carrier. So that's the answers to those questions. There's lots more questions and answers still to come, but those are, those, those are the two the biggies there. So we'll see. Now, the other part of that is Freedom Mobile customers would then see their rates drop as part of this deal by an average of 20%, so they match the FIS rates being charged in Quebec. So not only do we get a national fourth carrier, but we get some competition. So question, for those people who are on Freedom Mobile, who also got the great deals on Freedom Internet, what happens to us? Same thing. We switch over? You switch over to Rogers Internet, and you get this, so your quality of service Go, goes up. Well, actually, internet is Shaw's pretty awesome. So and you wouldn't so, really, yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't really see a noticeable performance yeah. change there. But the name on the bill would change from Freedom Mobile okay. to Fizz. That's it. Yeah. So that's it. And so over time, it's uh, they don't become a national carrier, Josh, overnight. But Fizz Videotron becomes the national. So you have Telus, Bell, Rogers, and and Videotron. Again, this is all subject to the deal. Yeah. and the appeal being thrown out or not. If the appeal is not thrown out, then they would be granted an injunction that would extend it into the yeah. summertime. But reading the writing on the wall, I put the ruling in the notes from a couple of weeks ago, seems pretty clear where we're headed on this one. So there we go. Okay, we'd love to help you with anything that's uh, driving you crazy before you throw things across the room. We'll try and see if we can solve it for you. We're live on Saturday morning, Star 1070 on a mobile phone, 250-386-1161 on a home phone, and you can text us at 107010. If you do text us, please include your first name somewhere in the text. Out of the frying pan into the fire on Tech Talk. We just discovered that while we will not be preempted, Gary pointed out, uh, we will not be preempted on Sunday by the Seahawks. Seahawks. We will be moved because, Josh? Uh, Yeah, we have a Canucks game tomorrow at 2, which if you listen on Sundays to Tech Talk would realize that is halfway through the show. So um, I was just checking my notes, and it looks like we are running from noon till 2 on Sunday, tomorrow. So if you're listening to us on Sunday, the Canucks game will follow this broadcast. If you're listening on Saturday, that's tomorrow at 2 p.m. Thank you, Josh. I will hey, correct, you're welcome. I will recorrect the corrected there you show go. notes <laughs> to do that. Let's go back to the phone lines and Krista. Hi, Krista. How can we help? Hi, Alan. Um, Alan, I've been trying to do a backup uh, because I've been having problems with my uh, my computer quitting on me, so I finally decided to go to an iCloud type of a, uh, a backup. 
and I was trying OneDrive uh, with the Windows system. Yes. And I downloaded the app, and everything seemed to be fine, but it was only downloading up to 2020. Okay, now the app should have been built in automatically. You shouldn't have had to download anything. It should be the little white cloud in the bottom right. Yes, but I had to register for it with my name, basically, uh, sign on to Windows, which I, you know... Yes, your Microsoft account. Yeah, exactly, yes. Okay, so so can you go to that little white cloud in the bottom right corner of your screen? I don't have it anymore because I uninstalled it all. Okay, so can you put it... I tried it twice, you know, to do that. Okay, no problem. I tell you what, I'll grab your number, and okay. I will, I'll walk you through. Um, I'll, I'll give you a call, and I'll remotely, with your permission, connect, and I'll walk you through. It's an automatic system, Gary. Yeah. That autom- Now, there is one key default setting that we recommend people change. Because a lot of people, going back a few years, were buying inexpensive laptops with small storage capacity, Microsoft made the default setting to be don't keep the files on the computer. Yes. When you click on document X, it goes and fetches it off the cloud. That's right. We recommend that you change that so that a copy is kept on the computer. So if you're on the ferry or the internet goes out, you've still got all your stuff physically resident on the device. So Krista, what I'll do is I'll show you how to change that setting. I'll put a thing in the show notes for next week. So we can do that. Kyle Wilson will join us on the show next week. And so between the two of us, we'll write a little cheat sheet on how to override the default settings on OneDrive. We have some important news for you uh, about Microsoft One, OneDrive. And we've been waiting for this for some time. It's gone through some evolutions behind the scenes. Microsoft is rolling out a new $2 a month Microsoft 365 basic plan. It gives you, Gary, online versions of Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and adfreeoutlook.com, plus 100 gigs of OneDrive cloud storage and online support. So Pretty that's good. Yeah, that's Pretty not good. that different from what's been there now. It's just now all bundled together. Yeah. One of the key things is that if you want to look at your emails on the web, outlook.com, it will now be ad-free as part of this $2 program. Later this year, the plan will also include password-protected file sharing and ransomware recovery, the same things that are on Microsoft 365 Personal and Family. This will happen as of June 23rd. It'll be available. If you're already paying $2 a month for 100 gigs of OneDrive storage, which I know many of you are, you'll automatically be transitioned to the new Microsoft 365 basic plan. And in response to Eric, who asked last night, if you need more cloud storage than 100 gigs, you can pay $4 a month and get 200 gigs, or $6 a month and get 400 gigs. So, but if you're... Well, at that point, you're pretty much... You may as well buy Office 365 yeah. at 79 and you get a terabyte. Yeah. A thousand gigs. So there you go. There, that, that is all the link to that information. If you're walking or driving or something, um, that's item number thirteen in the show notes. Now, email here. We got more emails and calls. James, stay where you are. Uh, your question will come up after this break. Welcome back to Tech Talk with Alan and Gary and Josh Sheldon. And Josh, you're going to explain what we're doing next? Uh, yeah, uh, James has phoned in and he's got a, a weird issue with his AirPods. Um, he, he'll be listening to a thing and then put them in a, back into the case and put them into his pocket to leave. And as soon as he does, hey, you've left your AirPods behind, but they are, in fact, in his pocket. It makes no sense to me. Maybe we can uh, get our heads around it for him. Is that a pretty good summary of the situation, James? Yep, that's it. 
Um, because that, that is one of the best features about AirPods on an Apple device is it has the leave-behind notification. Um, when you tap on the notification, it will tell you where it thinks your AirPods are. Is yes. it possible, I'm just thinking this through on the fly, do you have two sets of AirPods? Does somebody else in the house have AirPods? No. In fact, the only devices that I have with me at the time would be Apple Watch, iPhone, and AirPod Pros. The reason I ask is I remember this from about a year ago from somebody who um, has their their partner also has AirPods, and they uh, accidentally swapped the charging cases because they're identical models. They got them at the same time. Yep. And so she was putting them in what, in effect, was his charging case and taking them with us, taking them with her, and that's why it was popping up. But if you've only got one set of AirPods, so that would be what I would do, James, would be when you get that notification, tap on it, and it will tell you where it thinks the AirPods are located. Yeah, in fact, the notification that I'm looking at tells me uh, whereabouts it thinks I left them, which was the last place that I was listening to them. Uh. And so I'm driving down the road, I'm probably a half a kilometer away, and I get this notification saying, hey, you've left your AirPods behind. It's like, nope, they're in my pocket. So, Okay, so a couple things you could do. You could either turn off that notification about leaving them behind, or preferably what you could do is you could unpair them from your phone. And the way you do that is put them in the charging case once you're back home. And on the back of the charging case, there's a little tiny button. Hold it in for about six seconds or so. And then when you open up the charging case next to your phone, it will say, hey, AirPods. And it will repair them, not fix, but reconnect them. Same way it did the first time you got them. And then I would hope that would solve the problem. If not, um, send me a text. And I'm going to send a text as soon as we take a news break here. And I'm going to check with Atan and Charles from the Victoria Mac and iOS user group, see if they've ever heard of this. Jerry's got that quizzical look. You ever heard of this? Um, I'm just trying to think this through my brain. Now, AirPods, yeah. they're Bluetooth. Yeah. Uh, but they're paired to your Apple ID, so like, yes. like AirTags, they yes. will let you know if you are leaving them behind. So if your phone goes out the door, but the AirPods Which don't. leads me to believe if the Bluetooth signal is somehow interrupted, it's going to say you haven't got your AirPods with you. Yeah. So there could be a number of factors involved. Are, is, you know, is there any kind of interference in your car? Is it only your car that it's doing this in? Yeah, that's is a it, good question. Does this only happen when you hop in the car, James? Yeah, it does. And, and interestingly, I can't recall whether or not I turned on my Bluetooth hands-free device in the car or not. So what I should do next time is not turn it on and just see. Yeah. It, uh, now, you know, also, yeah. are, you, are you pairing your phone with your 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 with your stereo, is, yeah. you know, there's it's something in the car that's causing this, and it's interrupting the Bluetooth signal between the two. Okay, I'm going to text uh, Atan and Charles and see if either of them are reachable and can give us an answer if they've ever heard, if they've ever had this done before. I yeah. have it turned off so that if I even if I leave my AirPods behind at home, it does not notify yeah. me. Only if okay. I have elsewhere. But yeah, that's that's frustrating. But it's a really great service, so don't be frustrated. But we'll find an answer for you. Okay. Yeah, I'll try repairing them again. Maybe that, yeah. uh, that'll fix it. Yeah, let us know. Either way, we'd, it would be great to help. 
Okay, thank right. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. As we come up on the news here, wanted to, uh, some really cool videos. Um, I'm going to get uh, Josh to play the one here, number number 40. When did cell phones first become a thing? You actually may be surprised by the answer. Video number 40 is a 1947, 1947 promo film by AT&T explaining their new MTS, mobile telephone service, and showing some of the massive gear it took to make it work back then. This is mobile telephone service. In this service, conversations travel partway by radio, partway by telephone lines. In order to reach vehicles traveling the highways between cities, a number of transmitting and receiving stations connected to telephone lines are spaced at intervals along the highway so that one will always be in range of the moving vehicle. The antennas are placed preferably on high ground because the high-frequency waves are limited in distance to the line of sight. <laughs> Remember those women growing up in high school watching those narrated videos in there. So here's, here's the better one for you. It was actually World War II where cellular service was first started. They needed mobile radios yeah. for the battlefield. And the predecessor to Motorola actually built those for the American Army. Yeah. But if you watch this video, what struck me was when they show it in the trunk of the car... These massive transmitter and yeah. receiver, like it's the size of a microwave oven, two of them. And then they had to put a big battery in there, too. And so that mm-hmm. would start. So we think this is fairly new. I have some people that still don't have a smartphone, and yet this is... They, so that's in... It's video number 40 in the show notes, or you can look it up on YouTube under 1940s Bell Telephone, Mobile Telephones, Movie, Early Cell Phone. There you go. That one there. Okay, one other quick one to get to uh, before we take a break uh, for the news. I wanted to mention this one. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll save that one for later because I'm sure you're going to have questions about it. You've got a quick email there that we, um, that we can do? Yeah, I have a Mac computer running Ventura and have had Malware's Bytes Premium installed. Malware Bytes has sent a notice suggesting installing their free browser guard, turning on brute force protection. Are either of these necessary? Are there any drawbacks? Necessary, yes. Drawbacks, None. No. Browser Guard is a new yeah. feature from Malwarebytes. It's free. You don't even have to be on the premium yeah. version. We would like you to be on there because it saves us, saves you calling us yeah. and having to get stuff fixed. But Browser Guard basically blocks malware pop-ups and scamware on websites, and it makes websites load way faster. Yes. Because a lot of times, half the page is ads. That's right. And so this blocks those. They don't even get loaded, so the page loads much faster. Uh, brute force protection, especially for Macs, yes. is a really good thing. No, I'm not aware of any downsides. Whatsoever. I have not seen any downsides. Does yet. not slow down your computer at all. It just means if you go to try to install something, people can't guess the passwords 18 yeah. times. There you go. Stay with us. News is coming up. Then hour number two of Tech Talk for January 14th, 2023. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. Hour number two for January 14th and 15th of 2023. Thanks for joining us. We are live on Saturday morning and on Sunday afternoon. We're in a slightly juggled time slot of noon to 2 p.m. because there's a Canucks game coming right up after the rebroadcast. And then we will have a podcast if any of that doesn't work for you, courtesy of... I'm Josh Hilton. I'm usually not first. Um, I'm a CFAX 1070 producer during the week, and I love to hang out on the weekends uh, when Brian is away and distracted and doing other things like making babies. Yes. Or at least having them delivered. 
Baby has been delivered. Josh and uh, Josh, no, Brian and Juna are <laughs> recovering from a marathon labor uh, at home with a baby unnamed as of yet. Couple pictures are at the bottom of the show notes. Big baby boy, nine pounds three ounces. And helping me make sense of all this tech stuff is Gary Beyer, Tesseract 2.0 Computing. We should point out you are here on your day off because you have weekends off. Store is closed on weekends. You betcha. But open Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday, nine to five. You bet. Okay, I've got a couple key new weasels to warn you about uh, on here, um, and I'm gonna do that in a sec. But Kathy's been waiting patiently, so let's get there first. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Um, I have an iPad Mini and uh, an iPhone 13, and when I delete or look at emails on my iPad, it doesn't happen on my phone as well. Uh-huh. What What's wrong? What? So your, e- your email address ends in at what? Well, I have multiple. Okay. I have uh, some Gmail. Yeah. I'm trying to sort of switch over to Outlook. And, I, of course, I have an iCloud. Yeah. And I have a junky one, I call it, on both um, Gmail. Okay, so, and, so at gmail.com, at outlook.com, and at iCloud.com? Yeah. And is there any, have you been able to spot a pattern whether the emails in question that are not being deleted properly are on any one or all of those? I think it's mostly the Gmail, the, the regular one I use. And so you delete them on which device traditionally? I, on the iPad, it's bigger. Yep, and then they don't delete on the phone. iPhone? Okay, so we could spend large amounts of time diagnosing this, Gary, but the easiest thing to do, because those are both cloud-based, so all the emails are on a server, and then there's a copy inside your iPhone and your iPad. Mm -hmm. So the easiest way to do is to go to the iPhone and delete your Gmail account, restart your iPhone, and we have a new easy way to do that, and then put the account back in. And then, lo and behold, that tends to solve as much as the geeks in us would love to know what the bug was. You just want it to work, so it's easier to, you know, we could spend hours trying to play with this. So I'll walk you to the, I'll walk you through the process. For anybody else that has this issue, where the two, where the same account on two different devices does not appear to be working, um, there's an easy fix. So on your iPhone, you would go to Settings, Mail. Accounts. Uh, mail. Accounts. Account. Yeah. And then delete the Gmail account, where, which is not behaving properly. Mm-hmm. And then restart your phone. Now, I'm happy to report there's a new easy way to restart iPhones and iPads. You don't have to go through the complicated button pushing. You just go, hey, S, S being Siri, hey, S, restart my iPhone or restart my iPad. And she'll say, just to be sure, just to confirm, you want to restart this device? And you go, yes. And... You'll get the Apple logo. It'll take about 30 seconds. And that will also clean out any other electronic dust bunnies in your device that are driving you crazy. So I put it on through the mail app. So just do That's that. That's correct. Yep. Settings, mail, accounts, Gmail, delete account, confirm delete. Once that's okay. done, that may take a bit. If the account's got lots of emails in it, could take a couple minutes before that, that deleting disappears. Then you... Ask Siri to restart the device, go back into settings, mail, accounts, add account, Google, type in your email address and your password, and give it a couple minutes, and it should all be there. 
Okay, so it just finally deleted them, so yep. then I do the... Now, can I ask, before you go further here, well, you can, you can restart the phone, so ask Siri to restart uh, my iPhone. Hey, Siri, restart my iPhone. Just to confirm, you want to restart this device? Yes. Say yes. Yeah, there we go. Um, That account that you've deleted, which you're now going to put back in, Kathy, is that the account that you use most often, or is that just one of the accounts you have on the iPhone? Um, It's probably the one that I use most. I'm slowly trying to get off the Gmail. No, no, no problem. The reason I ask that is once you put the account back in, you mm-hmm. need to back out one setting and go down to the bottom of your mail settings where it says default account, and you want to change that back from whatever account it defaults to back to your Gmail. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. For some reason, there was a phone notification that came up on the iPhone. No problem. I had to walk away. <laughs> no, no problem. So again, so once you put the account back in, once it restarts, you'll put in your passcode. You will go back to exactly what you did. Settings, mail, accounts, add account, Google, uh-huh. type in your email address and password, and then, and once that's done, you'll back out one setting, you'll go to the bottom of your mail settings, and you'll go to default account, and you'll change it back to Gmail. If I don't do that, because yeah. I want to get off of it, that's yeah. where most things, like, most people know me through that one. Yeah. I'll just have a few more issues, is that... Correct? Yeah. um, Yeah. Um, If you want to get off that, we can show you how to go into Gmail on the web, Gary, and put a forwarding on to forward it to another address. And then you could change the signature to say, hey, please note my new email address. Such and such. Yeah. Okay. Try try that out. We're here if that doesn't, if that causes any bugs. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. Again, we would love to know what the little bug was that was causing them, but it's easier. Exactly. Now, one important thing for people that are using the Outlook software from Microsoft, if everything's fine, you're good. But if you go to add a current Gmail account to the Outlook software. They each think the other is insecure and they don't play nicely anymore. So it's going to try and take you through all kinds of authentication processes, which won't work. Yeah. We don't know what the bug is. It's something's changed and being broken. It tries to tell you you need JavaScript, but you don't have JavaScript. And you go, yes, I do. So It it doesn't care. Yeah. So if your Gmail is in Outlook, absolutely fine. No problem. It's only if you're setting up Outlook on a new computer or reformatting or adding a different Gmail address to the Outlook software. We'll figure this out. Yeah, well, we found the frustration is is alleviated very quickly on a PC if you just use the Windows Mail app. Yeah, yeah. You don't, for the vast majority of you, uh, you don't need all the bells and whistles of the Outlook program. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what email address you have, whether you're Shaw, Telus, Outlook, Gmail, iCloud, whatever. Well, no, not iCloud. iCloud doesn't like either. No. It doesn't like Windows ones there. Okay, a couple key things here for you. Watch out for a new round of scam emails pretending to be from Shaw, warning that your bill is overdue because your financial institution rejected your auto payment. I put screenshots in here courtesy of our friend Ron Fraser. He had a different, I called them weasels. He had a different word that begins with B for them. (laughs) I understand. And it looks really good, looks really convincing. The logo's right. There's no typos or anything like that. If you check the email address it's coming from, it's overrude 
not overdue, they misspelled it directly, overrude.ebill.pay at myca-billmails.net. So, and that one, strangely enough, I, uh, Josh, I went and did a trace on it, and I thought, yeah. where's that coming from? What country is that coming from? Lo and behold, it's coming from a person in the tiny town of Bonnington, mm-hmm. which I said, where is Bonnington, B.C.? It's in the Slocan Valley, just west of Nelson. Huh. I suspect this person is going to get a knock on their door from somebody official very yes, shortly. I think mm-hmm. so. But if you hold your finger on the sign in now button or mouse over it, you will see it'll take you to a fake Shaw email login pasted also on a website in the Netherlands.nl. The lesson from this is never click on links in emails or texts like this. If you think your Shaw account might be actually overdue, you could go to buy.shaw.ca, log in, and see that your account is fine. But very good job of being weasels. Mm. And never heard of a scam coming out of Bonnington. I'd, I'll be honest, either of you heard of Bonnington? No, no, frankly. Okay, I've explored all parts of BC, well, the southern part. Didn't know that one, so there we go. <laughs> I can, that's Josh there looking up Bonnington. Heard that sound. There yeah, we go. Google, Google, Google. Okay, <laughs> one other one that is important, because I've had a couple calls from this this week. It popped up on their screens. Windows 8.1, Gary. Item yes. number three in the show books, if you want to follow along in your hymnal. Uh, it is gone end of life, which basically means... You will not have no more security updates at all. Yeah. Now, for those of you who think that that's okay, you've got a you've got an antivirus program or you've got malware bytes. This is not the security we're talking about. Right. We're actually talking about the base engine that keeps you safe, keeps your banking safe. Yeah. All of these things that that Microsoft spends literally millions and millions of dollars on trying to keep you safe. So, once it's gone end of life, you keep using it, you get scammed. The banks don't have to give you your money back anymore. That's the key part of this. It's not even if you think you're really smart about this and you're not going to get something. If you get scammed, even if you get scammed by a different method, in order to get you unscammed and the bank will want to give you back your money, they make you sign a statement that says da 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 da. And I am not using any devices that are unsupported. And if they discover later that you are, which they can tell by looking at your browser. When mm-hmm. you send them an email, their security team will check and say, oh, Windows 8.1. And then they ask for the money back, and they will take it out of your bank well, account not if only you that, don't give it back. Not only that, they're also asking you, a lot, in a lot of cases, to take your computer to a, yeah. a, a computer shop. Of your choice. That, frankly, is going to have to sign off on this. Yeah. And they won't sign off if it's unsupported. No. London Drugs. No, we Tesseract, become liable. I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to do Windows 8.1. Point no. One, I can't put that back on a computer no. and do that. So the good news is you do not need, because this is why I think why a lot of people didn't do an upgrade. They thought they had to buy a license for Windows 10 or 11. No, Microsoft, like Apple, they let you, however easy or hard they make it, they allow you to upgrade to the new version. You do not need a new license. You just simply need to pay somebody. However, if you're running a Windows 8 8.1 machine you're now getting to the point you might want to upgrade your machine anyways. True, but you can tell them that. Yeah. And in many cases, we love, people come in, they come to you sometimes yeah. and say, can I buy a new computer? Here's the old one. And you go, well, actually, we could just put an SSD and transfer your data and you're good right. for another three or four years. That's right. So it depends on the age and it also depends on the brain of the computer, which yeah. is the chip that makes it all That's work. That's right. The two main ones are Intel and AMD. They're like the Coke and Pepsi That's right. of that. But if you're using uh, an old uh, A4 processor, AMD, or an A6, or one of the older Celeron processors, the original Pentium processors, yeah. 
it's frankly time to get something better. Yeah, but if your computer actually came with 8.1, you bought it that way from the store, it's entirely possible that yeah. you won't have to do that. So yeah, take it to the computer store of your choice, but please get that done. You're now end of life January 10th. Okay, this is now January 14th, if you're listening to us live on Saturday. And wait, for all of you would-be uh, techs out there that are doing this out of your house for friends, make sure you dig out the Windows license from your Windows 8.1 machine before you put Windows 10 on. It's going to want that license key. Yes, because starting with 8.1, Josh, they no longer put the sticker on the bottom of the computer. Because that was the first thing we did, was we would turn it over and take a picture of that sticker on the bottom of the computer, and we were mm-hmm. good to go. Yep. Not in Windows 8 Mm. or 10 or 11. So please capture the key. There we go. Quick break. When we come back, I have the answer and I'm happy to report that you're going to like to try this, I think. If you're suspicious that someone might be spying on you via a hidden webcam, you can now use your smartphone's camera to find out. We'll explain after this. Twenty after the hour on Tech Talk with Alan and Gary and Josh. And back to the phone lines. And Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi. Uh, love your show, guys. Thank you. Okay, i got a real problem here. I was just working on my computer yesterday with a spreadsheet or something. I went to go to uh, launch the um, Edge, and a button would not launch it. It does a 360 roundabout and yeah. then doesn't do anything. I've repeatedly done that, rebooted. The Internet is working fine. That's what we fine. call work-to-rule mode. It's gone on strike. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> It's not very pleasant. So uh, easy thing to do on any device when it misbehaves before yep. you spend any time trying to diagnose the problem. What yep. is this, a laptop or a desktop? Uh, it's a desktop, but yep. my laptop is working. My Surface Pro works. No, no, on the fine. desktop. Yep. Find yep. the power button for the desktop and yep. hold it down for 20 seconds. All right. This okay. is called a cold boot. All right, yeah. And it has to be that 20 seconds. When, even yeah. when your computer turns off, keep holding that power button down. It, it, in effect, tells the computer, go sit in a corner, come back when you're prepared to behave. Yeah. Technically, okay. behind the scenes, what it does is, and the reason we say 20, Gary, is somewhere around the 15-second mark, varies a bit depending on the brand, it yeah. discharges the capacitor that contains the quick start settings. Uh-huh. Your computer has about 40 to 50 settings that it's memorized. Yeah. It knows right. whether you have a wireless keyboard, a mouse, it knows what size screen, it knows how you connect, it knows what things are supposed to work when you turn it on. Well, okay. I've heard you say that yeah. before, and I never thought of trying that. That's okay. So it's the I'll first it line of defense. As much yeah. as the, uh, just like the previous lady, as much <laughs> as the geek in us wants to know why yep. things are not working, this just <laughs> solves, I would say, 80% of the problems. No, Great. I no. hope I'm in there. Yeah, <laughs> now, my, my guess is this is probably, in the, when did this start? Sorry, say again. Oh, when, just all of a sudden yesterday. Yeah. yeah, there is, and this is Windows 11, there was a huge update that came down the pipe, uh, yep. I believe two days ago it started rolling out. Yep. Both yep. of my computers have now done it. And if that in any way got slightly interrupted or went sideways, that could very well be the culprit for this. Yeah, yeah. So I we're did gonna download them, yeah. No yeah. problem. So okay. now that it's finished, you can let go, press the button once. Yeah, and on that, I'm on... Uh, when it comes back up, boot. by the way, this is a little geeky trick. Not a trick, just understanding. We try to demystify yeah. these things. When the computer restarts, you will get a little circle of dots. They should always go clockwise, and they oh, should always okay. be smooth. Even if you're in Australia, they're still uh-huh. going to go clockwise. <laughs> yep. If they okay. go counterclockwise, it's undoing something. This is not good. Okay. And secondly, uh-huh. they should always be smooth. If the dots are jerky, that yeah. means... Video, 
Video yeah. problems. Yeah. yeah. So, video drivers. So far, so, so far, so good. It's going clockwise and smooth. So. Yeah. So just okay. let it And it is going to take a little longer to boot because now it has to relearn all yep. of those commands. This is the keyboard. This is the yeah. mouse. It's this picking is up a fresh set of answers. Great. It's a good oh. thing to do once a month or so. Not every day. It's hard on the RAM. It is. But it's a good thing to do once a month. It cleans out the electronic dust bunnies. You heard us saying to the other lady when she was doing the Gmail issue, it's also a good idea to restart your smartphones once a month. Not just power yeah. them off and power them back on, but do their equivalent of a cold boot. Yeah. It's different, uh, Josh, on an Android phone. It varies model by model. But on an iPhone, you can just simply ask Siri to restart my iPhone or iPad. Not yet on oh. a Mac. Yeah, it's working. Thank you. There you go. There you go. I love it when it's simple like that. (laughs) So do I. Thanks so much, guys. You're welcome. Wonderful show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Josh has got another video up there that I thought I would mention um, just briefly to you because I do love these. Thank you for sending them all to me. I try to reply back to everybody that sends the videos, but not always, particularly Friday nights when it's like 1 o'clock in the morning and I'm finishing these. Video number 41 is from Fred Mills and the B1M crew. I learn a lot from them. Highlighting the top 10 mega construction projects which are due to be completed this year. 2023. The last 12 months saw the world of construction serve up underwater roundabouts, record-breaking bridges, and an historic theatre that quite literally raised the roof. But the year ahead looks set to be even more dramatic, with the arrival of desert skyscrapers, incredible Formula One tracks, and entire new city districts. The world's greatest industry is about to pull off even more amazing feats. Here are 10 of the most exciting construction projects completing this year. There you go. Go watch the video. Search for top 10 projects completing in 2023 if you don't want to go to the show notes where it's 41. Right below it in the show notes, though, have either of you heard of Telosa, T-E-L-O-S-A? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, have you heard of billionaire Mark Lore, L-O-R-E? Yes. No. Okay, there you go. Well, half and half. Sorry, I, I don't keep ranked lists of billionaires in my head. I'm well, sorry. no, because these are ones that are doing things of significance. Okay. He is going to spend $400 billion U.S. to build a mega city in the middle of the U.S. desert. He's borrowing a page from what they're doing in, out in places in the Middle East. It's going to be fully sustainable, the whole bit. They're going to start with 50,000 people and build out to 5 million. And he's using mostly his own money, so this is not some scam where he's try- trying to do that. So whereas Fred Mills' video is showing stuff that's going to complete this year, now we're looking into the What's future. going to be starting? But it just shows you how we're taking a lot of the little things we talk about on the edges here on the show of AI and of green and not using plastic and water and this. A lot of this is also these the cities of the future. And this is what Google was going to try and do in the Toronto area on the waterfront to make part of that city the city of the future, which is fully interconnected. Sadly, that's not going ahead. So, item number 42. Uh, I'm just reading into it now, and they me a couple of names i never heard of before, so I put a Google on them, and I'm seeing that uh, he announced this thing back in September of 21. Yep. And at that point in time, they didn't actually have a location picked. They had some, like a short mm-hmm. list, you yep. know, the, the Pacific, uh, the, the, the southwest of the U.S., yep. maybe the Appalachia, where land values tend to be a bit cheaper. Um, here we are in January of 23. Have they gotten any closer to... They Finding have, a place. They have the location. They've bought the land. They're just not saying where it is because they know what would happen to people around it. Okay, but and we just have to 
have faith that yeah. he has purchased land that he won't tell us where it is? Yeah, because okay. he's investing mostly... At least Disney th- told us it was in Florida. Yeah, so yeah. we know it's somewhere in the U.S. desert. Okay. I've nailed that down. And I, again, go watch the video. It's really fascinating looking at what they're doing. Um, but it's really fascinating to do that. And you'll see what they're planning to do and how they're planning to get there. And he doesn't have enough money to do all of it, but the vast majority. So he's going to bring in people. And one of the reasons they waited was because the technology is advancing at such leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. They're looking to see what's being done on that line. This is the one in the Middle East, where instead of yes. building a city, they're building it uh, 40 kilometers long, hmm. but it's only the width of a city block wide yeah. and 20 stories high to minimize the impact on the environment. So one really narrow, really long, really tall city. No cars. Interesting. And no cars even. Yeah. And reflective, and reflective from the outside so they gather the heat and keep keep it from overheating and the whole bit. Yeah. And, okay. and they've start, they've broken ground on mm-hmm. it. So anyway, so one that you know about, mm-hmm. uh, now we're going to go back in time. Instead of going forward, we're going to go back uh, the fascinating inside story, and I don't know how I missed this uh, in, in high school here. Canada allowed Americans to build and own a highway across northern BC and the Yukon. Actually, we're going to save that one. I'll get you to go watch it, but we'll play a clip of it after the news. Oh, definitely. I'm looking at the time. This is Canadiana. This is yeah. the cool thing about YouTube and technology. I sat there and watched this, the entire thing last night. It's about 15 minutes. I should have been doing more show notes, but that's why I stayed up till 2 o'clock. But I went. How did I not know this? Canada allowed Americans to build and own a highway. Coming up. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. As we roll on for January 14th and 15th, if you're going, wait a minute, aren't you off the clock? Uh, If you're listening to us on Sunday, we're an hour earlier than normal on Sunday because there's a Canucks game uh, coming up after us. So if you missed or are going to miss the first hour because you normally start listening at 1 o'clock, Josh will have made a podcast for you and it will be there now if you're listening on Sunday. Yes. If you're listening on Saturday. No, not yet. He's no, make, he's I can't it. outwork into the future. I'm sorry. <laughs> so as we were saying just before the break there, this is really cool. Video number 43 in the show notes is by uh, a team called uh, Canadiana. And yes. it's how Canada allowed Americans to build and own a highway across northern B.C. and the Yukon. This highway would allow the U.S. to defend Alaska, while the Soviet Union would also get the help they needed in their fight against Hitler. The United States would pay for it. American soldiers would build it. And until the end of the war, when it was handed over to Canada, the highway would essentially be American territory. Canadians wouldn't even be allowed to drive on it without a special permit. But building it in the first place would be hell. No kidding. It's a fascinating video. You probably knew some of this. I don't yeah. know how I missed this in high school. Uh, probably because they didn't teach it. Yeah. It was originally called the Alcan Highway. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, Alcan, Kitimat. No. Mm-hmm. Alaska, Canada. You know, now that you mentioned that, uh, Gary, and the not being taught this particular uh, yes. story from history, this is probably one of the few stories that Americans do learn about yes. Canada in, 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 in yeah. school, because you you learn well, very little about well, we the, learned, the tiny country to the north, no, right? We we learn a lot about what Canada did and contributed to the war in Europe. Sure, yeah. yes, but, but not, not here. what we yeah. contributed at home. 
They originally mm-hmm. built a, a network of air bases, and they were going to hopscotch the planes coming from the U.S. airbase, airbase, airbase. But the weather was just not conducive. But the other thing I did not know was that the planes that the Americans sent, they were actually it seems strange in this day and age, but they were actually painted in Russian Air Force colors because Russia was using them to beat back the Nazis. Yes. Fascinating stuff. So there you go. That one is in the show notes. When Americans built a road across Canada, if you just want to search for it on YouTube, it's also there in the show notes. You might want to check out the other one that's right below it in the show notes. It's a brilliant minute and 40 second video of a drone being flown incredibly well through a Home Depot. And the sound is, uh, he's actually foleying in Hollywood terms. He's added the sound after the fact. Uh, it's if you've ever thought of flying a drone, or if you do fly a drone, this will make you envious to be this person. His name is Jaybird. Comes out of the back east, because it's not a static store. He's flying in and out of the shelves and between the rows and through holes through in the people. Yeah, so they all have to be choreographed like Hollywood. They're shoppers, but they've agreed to be part of this, yep. so they have to know that at point X. When the voice says this, you have to move to the left mm-hmm. because the drone's going to come by your right ear at, yeah. and go through the aisles of plywood and all that. Absolutely brilliant. Video. And you've got dozens of people here in this one shot, like yeah. you mentioned, who none of whom are reacting to the presence yeah. of this really loud buzzing drone flying yeah. all over the store and even like a foot from their heads. You're not hearing the real sound. You're no. hearing the sound he's added later. So bonus points on this. If you remember the movie or the TV show West Wing where they used to do those long tracking shots yes. that would last for a minute and a half, no cuts. This is reminiscent of that. What a brilliant advertising for the Home Depot store, wherever that was. Anyway, there you go. Thank you for sending that. The other one, if you're hungry... Uh, a massive 110-kilo meat doner. Doner mm. being made and cooked at Intiba Doner in Istanbul, Turkey. So I put that one in there. There's an no, entire channel okay. devoted to the street food of Turkey. And I'm thinking all these different ones, almost all of their variations on these massive types of doners. But imagine 110 kilo. So we're talking 250 pounds They make it, they wrap it, and then they put it on the spit, and they cook it, and they slice it up and serve it. If you are vegetarian... Mm, Don't watch. uh, Do not watch. Oh, speaking of vegetarians, Brian is one. I'm happy to report we have an update from Mr. Pavlicic and Juna with Baby. He says, sorry for the delay. We have a couple of name finalists, but haven't decided yet. After seeing photos, my mom has taken to calling him Dimples. Check the photos at the bottom of today's show notes. Show notes... Brian continues, we're doing okay, pretty sleep-deprived. He's pretty active and hungry at night. Please tell people I've been totally unplugged to focus on our family, but I want you to know he's home safe and sound. More details to follow next week. That's awesome. That is. Yeah, that's so great. That sounded like it was quite the ordeal. I'm just so happy for them. So, Josh, I think you're back with us next week. I think Brian needs a little more time to focus on being daddy. Oh, indeed. I, I Well, that's news to me as I was on the phone listening to a listener, and this is now, I, I guess, I'm working next weekend. There you go. Um, He's got a pretty I, good I hope this works for my schedule. <laughs> Let us know if not. <laughs> There you go. Again, the pictures are at the bottom of the show notes for Martine, who texted shownotes.ca. No spaces. Don't type it into a Google or Bing search box because it's a redirect to where the OneNote is. Shownotes.ca typed into the address bar of your browser, and it will redirect. 
Okay, uh, what are we doing? Okay, quick break and back with more. We got a couple of new things for you, especially we promised we would tell you how to tell if you're being spied on mm-hmm. by a webcam. Welcome back to Tech Talk on CFAX with Alan and Gary and Josh. Uh, we got a text here. I grew up in Dawson Creek, B.C. I'm sure you're talking about the Alaska Highway. Mile zero of the Alaska Highway is in Dawson Creek. I remember seeing more American license plates than travelers from the rest of B.C. They came from all over the USA to drive that highway to Alaska. Yep. Alaska Highway, originally called the Alcan Highway, but not because of Kitimat and the smelter, but because of Alaska, Canada. There we go. Okay. Good morning, everyone. This is from Chris, a text. I have a bizarre problem that just started last week. I use my Android phone while I'm driving. Strictly voice commands. No touchy da phone. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. However, last week, suddenly, when I tell Google to take me to one specific destination, she turns on the flashlight. She's fine with all my other destinations, but for this particular one, she won't do it by voice commands anymore. What is her problem? Wow. Temperamental thing. One location only. I'd go with the hard boot again. Yeah. Yep. Trying to think if you could give a phone a run command that says this particular location also do this. But, yeah, I would do the same thing. Um, If you want to text us back with which Android model you have, Chris will find you the hard boot instructions. Or you can just do a Google search for how to reboot brand model and it will tell you which button combination is. It's different on every manufacturer, every model within the manufacturer, so I can't just give you um, a blanket one there. Another text, do you folks still recommend the free version of Malwarebytes? Well, I actually recommend the full version, the premium. It's better than nothing yep. if your budget is really tight? Well, it's it, Frank, No. It's better than nothing if you religiously run it. If you just, you will have it there and you run it once in a while because your computer is, you think it's acting up a bit, it's really doing you no good. Let me give you this uh, analogy because I try to come up with analogies that relate to real life so you can understand the implications. So using the free version is like having a button that when you press it, the police come in and arrest all the vandals and take them out. Sorry that they smashed all your furniture in the meantime. Yep. There's nothing we can do. You've chosen not to have us keep them from getting in. You just want us to take them out after the fact. That's what the free version does. It does a very good job of finding the bad stuff and taking it out. But it's already got in there and done stuff, stolen stuff, changed stuff. Well, so it's, better. I, it's kind of like me having an alarm system, not setting it, and leaving my front doors open. Yeah, good. another good analogy. Yeah. So please, it's only, it's only 30 to $40 for a single license. $55 for three licenses. If you only have one device, get a hold of Gary at Tesseract, Peter and the crew at Priority One, mm-hmm. Richard and the gang at Gizmos and Langford, or myself. Yeah. We sell single licenses. They're not available in stores, and they're just 30 to $40. N- not a problem. That's a, that's a really important one. It is. Okay, as promised, this is a neat little thing. For a lady who called me, she's staying regularly in Airbnb, and she was concerned that she was being spied on, that they might have a webcam, because the owner of the Airbnb, who doesn't even live in the city, seemed to know when to call her that that she was there. She says, is there a way to check for uh, a webcam? So happy to report, I did a little homework, and there actually is. You just pull out your smartphone. Now, this is item four in the show notes. You pull out your smartphone, turn off the lights in the location, and then 
move your phone around. If there is a webcam, it will be emitting infrared light so it can focus, yep. and you will see a purplish pink blue yep. dot coming from its IR emitter. Yeah, with the camera app. Yeah, yeah, with the camera app. In her case, she found that no, all there was was a security camera. Uh, not a security a camera, detector. a motion detector yeah. up there. That's how he knew when yeah. she was or was not there. So that's a really good thing. And if you want to test that this is working, because Josh is thinking this, he's doing this. I'm doing it right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> point your smartphone camera at your TV remote mm-hmm. and turn it off. Now, in the studio here at CFAX, we actually have cameras because when Al Farabee is doing the morning show, yeah. it is simulcast on CTV Vancouver Island. So we have three cameras in here yep. that would pick up the news person, the guest, and mm-hmm. Al. So I'm not sure if it'll pick up those. It's not quite dark enough in the yeah. studio for yeah. me to make that work, but it is dark enough underneath my console where I'm at mm-hmm. to appoint a TV remote at my iPhone and yes. to see the fact that I see a odd kind of really fast yeah. blinking yeah. red slash purplish That's light. That's that, it. You will, only see, signal. you will only see it when you're pressing the button yeah. on the remote. But if there's a webcam something. that's running, mm-hmm. you will see it. So you're right. It works better if you turn off as many lights. Yes. So if you want to come back tonight, Josh, <laughs> try it. <in laughs> I'll just do that. <laughs> you should see the three cameras here in the studio. So there you go. Again, t- pass that on. Item number four in the Tech Talk show notes. Quick break and back with more. Welcome back to Tech Talk with Alan and Gary and Josh. Kyle Wilson, our Colwood-based IT guy, will be here to help us next weekend. So, Chris, the fellow with the uh, smartphone where when he asked it to mm-hmm. take her for one specific direction, turned on the flashlight, he texted back to say it's a Samsung S21 5G, and I just uh, snuck outside and asked her to take me to that same destination, and the flashlight came on again. So bizarre. So I texted him the instructions for his particular model, to do a cold boot, press and hold the volume down and side buttons, and then on the pop-up, select restart, restart. If that doesn't work, press and hold the volume down and side buttons together for 10 seconds until the device restarts. Try that, Chris, and then try to see if she'll take you there without getting the flashlight. That's a new one. Yeah. Never maybe, heard of that. Maybe she's trying to take him there with light. Back to the phone lines and Eric. Hi, Eric. Welcome to Tech Talk. Hi there. I have an existing uh, Microsoft 365 subscription yes. that automatically renews next, sometime later next week. Um, I also have an Outlook account, you know, a newer Outlook account, yeah. and I did not see an option to transfer my old subscription to the new one. Right. You can't transfer. What you need to do is you need to go into your current Microsoft account on your Shaw email address. Yeah. So that would be account.microsoft.com. Yeah. I'm in there, yeah. And then you turn off auto renewal. Yes, I saw, yes, I saw and, that. And then the day that the auto renewal doesn't happen, when yeah. it comes up for that, yes. then it's going to tell you to renew Microsoft 365 and you say no. You sign out of that account. Okay. You sign in with your outlook.com address. Okay. And you buy Microsoft 365. So start from scratch there. I don't use the old product key or anything like that? No, no, don't do that. Okay. Now, the one key thing is all your stuff will be stored in OneDrive on the Shaw account. So you need to go down to your OneDrive in the bottom right corner of your screen, yeah. go into the settings, yeah. unlink the PC. There will be a button that says unlink this PC. 
Mm-hmm. And then it says, okay, now who are we talking to? And you put in your Outlook.com address and your password, and it will resync all of your stuff to your new Microsoft 365. All the software and everything stays exactly the same. But I have to unlink the PC. Unlink the PC to put the OneDrive so the files will be tied to the new subscription, giving you your 1,000 gigabytes of cloud storage. Okay, so basically cancel the automatic renewal and then start a new subscription. Once, the it, once the current subscription expires, you can't do that until then. Wait until that day. Yes. Okay. Now, feel free to text me. That's a lot of steps. I do it a lot. Gary's nodding. We do this a lot. So feel free to text me if you run into any challenges so on that. So the current renewal, the current subscription is for seventy nine dollars, yep. you know, annually. Yep. You mentioned this morning. I looked up in the show notes. This two dollar a month. Yes. If you're not using Word, Excel, and PowerPoint on your computer, you can well, use. I do. I do use those. Too. Okay. So the two dollar a month gives you an online version of Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. Okay, so you're you're doing your stuff on the internet. You're not doing it on your computer. Hmm. So, if you want, try this. Go to office.com, yeah. try and create a document on your current on your current subscription on Word online. Try doing that. See if you like it. A lot of people go, oh, I just do a recipe once a month, not a big deal. If you're writing documents frequently the way we are, no, I love having Word installed on my computer. But try it. Just go to office.com and then go to the online version of Word and try it out. See what you think. Okay. Okay. Alrighty? Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Take care. Okay. A couple last things that we didn't get to. If you're on a small data plan on an iPhone but find you're frequently getting dinged for data overages, we found a setting. This is an iPhone-only setting. This may be the culprit. Go to Settings, Cellular, scroll down, way down, almost all the way to the bottom to Wi-Fi Assist item 26 in the show notes, and see if it's turned on, and if so, turn it off. Wi-Fi Assist, Gary, switches your phone to cellular when your Wi-Fi signal is weak so it doesn't drain your iPhone battery. But you may be sitting at home watching YouTube thinking you're on Wi-Fi because you have Wi-Fi, but you're actually at the other end of the house, and it says, you know, we'd use less power if we went to cellular. 460 megabytes later, oh, my God, that's half my data. Thanks to David for suggesting we, we share this. Uh, Canadian and U.S. governments have reached a compromise on a way to clear the backlog of several hundred thousand Canadians waiting to renew or apply for a Nexus Priority Border Crossing card. You'll like this, Josh, being a former American. Mm-hmm. The holdup was, and still is, that U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers want to be allowed to carry guns while in jointly staffed Nexus offices here in Canada. Of course they would. We won't allow that. So, the compromise is very typical compromise. If you, you get interviewed by a Canadian officer here, and then by a U.S. officer once you drive into the USA. And, okay. if you, and you go, okay, but now I'm flying, I'm not driving. I'm flying oh. to Phoenix, whatever. Your second interview would be with a U.S. CBP officer at YVR or another designated airport, Victoria is not one, before you board your flight to the USA. So you just have to have two separate interviews instead of one shared interview. Okay, so, I guess it, it helps. Indiana. Yeah, and they've hired a whole ton of extra officers on both sides mm-hmm. to clear the backlog. Because 89% of people using Nexus cards are Canadians, and so the backlog is being for us. So that one there. By the way, if you own an 86-inch LG TV, I know there are a couple of you who mm-hmm. do. You may be going, oh my God, that's huge. But no, 
86. 86-inch LG TV. Check which model you have. A recall has been issued for 52,000 of them sold between March and September of last year, including 1,800 sold here in Canada because the legs on the TV can fail if the mounting screws aren't all used and tightened properly, and that would cause the TV to fall over and potentially kill you because they weigh about 100 pounds. So, link is in the show notes. Again, this is only 86-inch LG TV, only four models bought last year. Item number 20 in the show notes. Read the manual and do it right. Well, yeah, I know, but you don't want somebody to be, to be falling for this one there. Oh, if you or someone you know is hard of hearing and doesn't like wearing hearing aids or can't afford them, there's a live listen feature on an iPhone. You can use that together with AirPods. You don't need a brand new iPhone. You can use an old used one and converse with them. Yeah, you basically turn on the live listen feature and then they hand the iPhone to you if you're the one that's going to talk with them and you just hold it in your hand and it sends your voice and only your voice with noise cancellation into the AirPods in their ears. The article I put in there, item number 25, talks about a fellow that was losing touch with somebody because they were reduced down to, what? And What do you want to eat? And so they did this and the big smile came back. Nice. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's good use of technology. That's good technology, yes. That one there. Okay. Uh, I think I think that's it. There's tons of other stuff that we didn't get to. The FAA, this will drive Gary crazy. The FAA says human error caused the failure of the ancient computer system that grounded all U.S. flights for 90 minutes earlier this week. NOTAM, Notice to Airmen, the NOTAM system, which is 30 years old, yep. based on a 1947 system for mariners, they're going to replace it. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Four, to, four to six years. Yeah, sure. It's not Notice to Airmen anymore. It recently changed. Now it's notice to air missions. Yes, because yes. they were trying to be gender neutral. Yes. Indeed. So that's the thing. So that's what no tab is. There you go. More on that, 22. Okay, we got to get out of here. Uh, thank you, Gary, for hey, being here. My pleasure. It's Find Gary fun. and Jesse at Tesseract uh, Monday through Friday. Josh, well, thanks for being here while Brian is my pleasure. on relief. We'll find out whether he's back next week or not. But and if, not, if the baby has a name. Yes. yes. So many things and, to uh, find out next week. There we go. I'm uh, going to leave you with this if you want to fire this video up. As you no doubt have heard, Elvis's only child, Lisa Marie Presley, died this week at the age of 54. Video number 46 is from four years ago when she used technology to sing a duet with her late dad, the king, when no one stands alone. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. And so it goes.